Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 26. Accept adversity calmly. In the cosmic drama, adversity is inevitable. Indeed, without tension, there would be no drama. But the greatest trials can be turned to advantage if they are accepted calmly. Well, that's true and very, very challenging. It's just one of the well, just one of the great secrets of life is that it's not easy. Everyone thinks that somehow it's just going to be effortless for me, but it never is. There's always just something. Something always happens that, that challenges us. And the, the great um, adventure of life is to have courage in the face of difficulty. I remember when I was very first at Ananda, Swamiji would use the word challenge a lot. And he used the word, uh, he used the word in a positive way. He said, I like challenges, he said. And I remember I actually said to him that I thought challenge was a very unattractive word and I wished he wouldn't use it so much. And Swami listened to me attentively but made absolutely no comment and certainly never adjusted his, um, his thinking. And I realized, I mean, I paid attention. Whenever, whatever response I got from Swamiji, I always paid attention to it. And I paid attention to the fact that he didn't answer me. Um, I knew that um, my, my, my lack of courage in the face of challenge, my lack of perseverance in the face of challenge was not to my credit, and he was simply not going to support it, but nor did he want to undermine my confidence in myself by actually pointing it out as a weakness, which would have only made me more self-conscious. So he was very adept. But I heard it, and I never forgot it. And I watch myself over time, and uh, sometimes people ask me, because I've been on the spiritual path now for um, two-thirds of my life, um, you know, sort of what has changed? What uh, what can you point to? When I was uh, lecturing in India, especially, especially when I first started, people are familiar with the self-realization teachings, and their expectation is that anybody who gets up to speak about these teachings will have had deep experiences, deep experience of of higher consciousness. And often the question is focused in terms of samadhi, or which is a Sanskrit word for a state of a very, very, very high state of of revelation of divine truth. And very far from my experience, I have no experiences of that type at all. So people will ask you questions occasionally. You know, what, what kind of experiences have you had? What's the basis of everything you say? Which is always interesting because you have to be completely honest. And I do feel that I have integrity in my right to speak, but not because um, I, I leave this realm of consciousness in meditation. If 
Master wanted me, if my guru wanted to take me there, I'd happily go, but so far he hasn't invited me. Um, I'm going to quote first the answer that one of my friends gave when he was challenged in exactly the same way. And he was quiet for a moment, and then he said, he said, frankly, you know, I don't have, I don't have states of samadhi, I don't leave this planet when I meditate. I think he meditates much more deeply than I, but it was up to him to appraise it. He said simply, he said, but what I've gained over the course of time of this path, he said, is that I have gained the ability in, well, he, he may have said all circumstances, he certainly said in most, I don't know how unequivocally he put it. I've gained the ability to choose happiness. And I honestly, I can't quite recall what I said. I gave some answer that I've changed completely, that I'm happier, that I'm freer, I'm less fearful. I could have given lots of things that are all positive. But I thought his answer was so perfect because if we can choose our state of consciousness, or let's just say, if we can choose a better state of consciousness than what circumstances try to compel us into, what what uh, would be considered to be, quote, the normal response, responses of fear, responses of anxiety, responses based on, I don't know if I can handle this, uh, all of the things that happen when adversity strikes. You know, we have a an ideal of a happy family, and then one of our children turns out to be troubled. We have a thought that our business ideas are good, but either our judgment is poor or circumstances work against us. I'm living in California in the year 2020, and uh, we have wildfires now. And I read in the paper about people who've lost their houses. It was many years ago at Ananda Village, our community, where a fire, a fire swept through I didn't personally lose the little trailer that I was living in, but many of my friends, entire house went to ash. So through them, I really saw <clears throat> what adversity can do. <clears throat> People get illnesses. I don't have to make a long list of it. You all have your own experiences. <clears throat> and I've had my share of disappointments and my share of challenges. Um, one of the, I think the most interesting thing, the most interesting sign of spiritual development was when I heard myself say, oh, that's a, that will be a challenge, that'll be fun. <laughs> and I remembered that I used to think a challenge was overwhelming just inherently. Now God knows some challenges still overwhelm me. I'm not Swami Kriyananda. I don't love challenges, but I don't panic in the face of them either. And this is what, I mean, the power of this um, cannot be overstated, even though it sounds like a small thing. Jaya saying, I've developed the ability to choose happiness. Now just think about that. I mean, what is it that happens to us when adversity strikes? Is we lose our happiness. We lose our lightheartedness. We lose our positive expectation. We lose confidence. So what Swami is suggesting you know, in the cosmic drama, adversity is inevitable. A great deal of energy is lost in life when adversity strikes. I'm spending energy wishing that circumstances were different. One of the most powerful tools on the spiritual path, which has been presented in these, uh, in these aphorisms 
over and over again is to, to maintain uh, the positive potential of any situation, even if the results of it may not be what we expect. Because the only certainty in life is that everything keeps shifting. And if everything keeps shifting, circumstances will almost, by definition, go from ideal to not ideal, from just what I want to not what I want, from easy to challenging. And we, we absolutely can't control it. And a great deal of energy is spent wishing that reality were other than it were. Um, Swamiji writes in many different places about the absolute necessity to be able to accept reality. That doesn't mean that we surrender to things as they are, meaning that we put out no effort to improve our circumstances or to change our circumstances. We have to respond appropriately. And sometimes a way to an appropriate response is to realize that nothing can be done about this. For example, death. No, we can, we can rail against it as much as we wish, but it will happen when it's going to happen. If somebody that we love is taken from us, we can be as outraged and as angry as we want to be, but it will have no effect on reality. Reality always wins. When there's been a downturn in the market or a downturn in the business that you're working in, or an employee has betrayed you and undermined the security of what you're doing, we can be outraged, we can be angry, we can be upset, but no amount of railing against it is going to make it different. So at a certain point, we have to start with the premise that these are the circumstances that now I have to work with. This I have to work from here. I can't just turn the clock back and work from another place. This is what I'm dealing with. And it's always, once we sort of stand in where we are, then we have to think, what can I do next? What's possible next? And sometimes we have to, we're a little unhappy. Sometimes we're profoundly unhappy. And then we get driven into a much deeper part of ourselves. You know, the the underlying question here is, why is life like this? Why has God made the world the way he's made it? I'm not in any position to answer that question. To understand why God did things, you have to be at the level of consciousness from which God operates, from which he sees the world. But to a certain extent, and this is how at least I've solved the problem, even if I knew why, why God made the world the way he did, or, or if I don't know why God made the world the way he did, I still have to get up in the morning and deal with the circumstances that are given to me with the hand that I've been dealt. I just don't, I don't have a choice in it. And it isn't always easy. And that's why Jaya is saying, I've developed the ability to choose happiness. Really strikes very deep in my heart. I remember, and I was about 50 years old when this happened, I'd, we'd been through Ananda itself as a, an organization, as communities. We'd been through a very long, difficult period of um, persecution through the courts. You know, this is how religious persecution happens these days. It happens through litigation. I mean, that's much better. We used to joke about it. You know, it used to be that when one, when the Pope was mad at you, he could throw you in prison, and that was really tough. You know, or that there would be religious wars, and you would be slaughtered, you and your whole family. 
those things are not fun. We were just having to go to court in the morning, but we could go out for lunch in the afternoon, and we could sleep in our own beds, and we were warm and comfortable and well-fed. I mean, that was a lot to be pleased with. But it was a, a rite of passage, speaking for me personally, because I was confronted with bigotry and persecution and prejudice and dishonor directed toward me. I I felt honorable in my position, so persecution is the only word for it. And I, 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 I lost my innocence. And there's a certain kind of happiness that just comes from innocence. You know, you're just, you're too ignorant to know that life might deal you a heavy blow, so you're lighthearted because you've never been hit. There's a very different kind of courage that comes after you've been hit, either personally or by circumstances. And I remember at that time, at the end of uh, what was more than a decade of, of that experience, just waiting for lightheartedness to return automatically. And I came to the realization that it wasn't going to. That from that point on, which was now a third of my life, 25 years ago, I had to think that happiness had to be a choice. Just like that, just like Jaya said. I had to now get up every morning and make a decision as to whether or not the inevitable adverse circumstances of my lives or the memory of adverse circumstances or the the unhealed brokenheartedness of adverse circumstances were going to be stronger than my ability to choose happiness. I would be dishonest if I, would, if I were to say that it's been effortless. It has not been effortless. And I have not won every day. But I understand that it's possible. And more than that, I understand that everything depends upon it. Because I saw at the age of 50, oh, this is how people get old. They just begin to shrivel. They begin to shrivel against the inevitable trials of life. And the decisions I make now, I'm still young enough, I'm still strong enough, I still have enough years in front of me to determine my own destiny. It's really in my hands because I have as much reason for hope as I do for discouragement. It's just a question of which side side I choose. Now, of course, I'm greatly helped by the fact that the spiritual name Swami gave me is Asha, which means hope. And once when I was asked to define the spiritual path in one word, I realized that the answer was Asha. It's hope. As long as I breathe, I have the possibility of feeling God's presence in my heart. And whenever I can feel God's presence in my heart, I can choose happiness. And if I can choose happiness, all things are possible. So Swami says, Accept adversity calmly. In the cosmic drama, adversity is inevitable. Indeed, without tension, there would be no drama. But the greatest trials can be turned to advantage if they are accepted calmly. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.